A woman clung to a cow that swam her to safety as floodwaters rapidly rose. The story of cow 569 became an enduring tale of survival from the Lower North Island floods of February 2004. There was record rain and destruction, but the storm was also the catalyst to do better. Jimmy Allingham reports. The Lower North Island is still swamped tonight and the rain keeps falling. It was a sodden week that those who lived through will never forget, including Kim and Keith Riley. As the swollen Manawatu River began to swallow their share milking farm next to the entrance to the Manawatu Gorge, the pair sprang out of bed into the dark to move stock. Mrs Riley remembers how fast the waters rose on the morning of the 16th of February 2004. And it was nearly like running a bathtub, that's how fast, it sounds really ridiculous, but it was, I could stand there and actually see it just creeping, creeping, creeping up that post. And, uh, yeah. So the cows spooked, and next thing we're all floating together and floated over fences, and, and it was like, wow, this is a little bit serious. It was more than that, as many parts of the Manawatu and Rangitike regions bore the brunt of the most devastating floods in 100 years. They ultimately caused hundreds of millions of dollars of damage. About 1,500 people were forced out of their homes, 200 were damaged, and towns were cut off, while up to 300 mils of rain fell in some areas. As it began, Mrs Riley had to get to safety. I guess it's in the water for something like 40-odd minutes trying to swim across the current and get back over to the motocross area, and I didn't have the strength to do that, so I thought, well, I actually need to find something that I can grab a hold of, whether it's a log or but it floats him, and this cow happened to come past pretty close, and I just grabbed her. Cow 569, a black and white Frisian, was a strong swimmer, and Mrs Riley, uninjured, clung on until the pair reached a dry bank. A concerned Keith Riley eventually found his wife. When I first landed on the bank next to 569, sat there for a few seconds, I thought, oh, gosh, you know, this is dramatic. I went to stand up and I couldn't. I collapsed. Kim was distressed. She plays it down a bit. She wasn't in a good shape. She had um, been trying to get cattle that were stuck in fences. You get them out with bare hands, etc. So we quickly got some fencing gear and and sorted that out. But Kim was a bit traumatised by the whole situation. 15,000 people were without power. Wind gusts of 230 kilometres an hour were recorded on the Tadurua range and four rivers burst their banks. Then Manawatu Mayor Ian McKelvey got an early morning call warning him of what was to come and spent five hours on a treacherous four-wheel drive journey from Taihapi to Fielding. South of Wairu was the first bit of it we really saw and it was just amazing, the water down the main road and, uh, and through the Mangaweekas was terrible. Well, I don't think you could imagine how bad it would be, although, and, and the thing you couldn't imagine was the damage that was done by the stop banks bursting and that, that probably hadn't happened before. The council building was surrounded by water, so an emergency centre was set up at the Fielding Fire Station. Mr McKelvey remembers a full-on week and credits the government at the time for a swift response. You can still see some impacts of 2004 if you know what you're looking for. (laughs) I've watched one house go for nearly 20 years now and it's almost repaired. (laughs) And so it's taken a long, long time. And and the other impact, of course, was people who were uninsured. And and we've seen that with Canterbury and with the cyclone. No one died in the Manawatu floods and their legacy is better protection for if it happens again, such as the enlarged stop banks along the Manawatu River through Palmerston North, where I meet Horizons Regional Council Group Manager Catchment Operations, Dr John Roygaard. As work to strengthen and divert the river's path goes on behind us, Dr Roygaard remembers how 2004 unfolded. 
Originally, we thought it was a pretty standard event, and I think pretty quickly, quickly on, it, people realised how fast and how far this one was going. And uh, we started to lose sight of some flow recorders, so we weren't getting information in from some places. And a call was made to open the, the floodgates, and, and we got on and did that. Uh, and then we did that for, for days on end. That's the Mortua floodgates in Honofinua, where unprecedented volumes of water were channelled to the sodden floodplain. Dr Roygaard remembers seeing a shipping container float past. Then the long recovery started. Yeah, there were some big conscious decisions about what sort of levels of protection do we want to provide, how do we provide more consistency in that. So we've seen places like Palmerston North race that 500-year level of protection. The areas outside of Palmerston North uh, around that 100-year level of protection uh, and long-term programmes to achieve that. Kim Riley's Cow Ride to Safety lived on in print. She wrote two children's books out of the experience. I was called the cow lady for quite a few years after the book was published, but now it's like there's not many people that seem to remember it. It's 20 years ago after all, and there's been a lot of water under the bridge. But none of it is damaging as the 2004 floods.